opener or am I? Ugh, you do it. I'm so bad at that shit. That's an intro. Hi, welcome to Junior Varsity, a podcast where James and I talk about life and hockey and how this has been such a long fucking year. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to our COVID retrospective. Well, sort of. Uh, Yeah, kind of. Yeah, we'll get into it later, but uh, today is actually my COVID anniversary, like my day where everything really shut down. Yeah, mine's tomorrow. We'll get into that a bit later, though. It's kind of depressing. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, for less depressing things, I don't know, want to do like a vibe check for the week? How are things, how things been? How was your week? Uh, It started off really strong on Monday um, because I found out that I aced my midterm that I did all the work for in like eight hours. Oh, word? And, yeah. And then I got into my dream grad school. Look at you go. Yeah, it I'm was. So I, thank you. It's so weird because I've been thinking I've been wanting to go there since I was like 17. Um, but I knew that it wasn't right for uh, undergrad because like my brothers were so much younger and I didn't want to have to miss all of these like important things and also it's a private school out of state it was gonna be really expensive when I could just go to a state school with a good program and get a full basically a full ride um but I knew that I would just kind of regret it forever if I didn't even try to go there for grad school and I got in and it still doesn't feel real so So you can go through like the stages of grad school grief like I have been in I'm in like (laughs) the last one which is waiting Mm -hmm. yeah my week kind of sucked. I'm sorry, bud. We will not be elaborating on that. Um, but hey, hockey's been also suckish. Um, yeah. Not a great week for, for me personally with hockey. Um, yes, I am concerned about the Leafs. <laughs> no, I am not long-term concerned about the Leafs. Um, I'm more long-term concerned about the Flyers and Carter Hart and um, whatever may or may not be going on there. I've never been concerned about the Devils because I don't expect them to win anything. So there you go. There's my very brief summary before we really get into it. How about you? Yeah, so uh, for the Canucks, as always when I'm watching the Canucks, I'm just kind of like, oh, I like that. That part, no thank you. But I'm mostly just vibing. So Mm -hmm. like Adam Gadet's nifty little goal against the Habs that was so good. Absolutely puzzled by the fight between Miller and, um, how do you say his name? Shiru? I don't know how to say it. I forgot. I feel bad. Um, but it was like yep. right off the face off. Hero? I think so. But like Maybe. they they literally dropped the puck. And then I don't even know if one of them bothered to try and win it. And they started fighting, which I never see, even if with my like weird, very high fighting, you know, hockey thing. Somebody somebody insulted somebody's mom or wife or something somebody said something really untoward and they fought i guarantee it yeah well, i wasn't sure if it was about like the cook hit which we'll get into later but yeah it was very it was very especially because i don't think they were facing off against each other yeah but yeah i also watched a couple of flames games because i missed those um and my Did favorite you watch the yeah. about no i watched sins versus ottawa no. <laughs> Sorry, my brain is dead right now. Um, I watched uh, Calgary versus Ottawa, and literally the only thing I remember is when um, Stitzla like 
got hit, went into the boards or whatever. And then Matthew Kachuk pulled him up by the collar and then mimed him diving. And then I think like called him a little bitch or something. Oh, man. Which I thought was hilarious. I love watching him play. I got to see him live in like fall of 2019. And it was just my favorite Stars game that I've been to. Yeah. Second favorite Stars game that I've been to. I forgot about the one that I went to with Mac when we were glass seats, which was. Oh, just... yeah. And you were on the broadcast. Yeah. Which I didn't think about because I didn't plan on sitting there. We had an extra ticket and we had been friendly on Twitter for a while. We were both at the game. Just like, hey, do you want to come sit behind the Leafs bench with me? And I was like, yes. Uh, we had also accidentally worn matching jerseys. So it was like a very cute little so cute. twin moment. Yeah. yeah and then um, they, they've sat there before. So right after like the first commercial break, both of our phones started blowing up and we lean over and they're like, Hey, it's a good thing that you dressed cute because, um, with the camera angle, you can see us. And I got like four text messages being like, Hey, is that you? Um, which is very, very fun. No, that feels, I dress, like, I dress horribly for hockey games. Cause like I'm not there to have like I'm not there to have fun <laughs> like that sounds terrible, but I'm not I'm there to like <laughs> experience the hockey because I you know I'm a I I take this way too seriously, um so mm-hmm. that I can avoid my other problems. Yeah, we can talk about the Flyers and their goalie troubles, um, which feels like deja vu. Um, next episode, but on this episode, um, and you'll never ever hear me say this again. We can talk about uh, how I really, really hope that the Bruins steamroll the Caps for the rest of the season. Because, man, uh, that that Wilson hit on Carlo and then the subsequent reactions to it, absolutely atrocious. Just say, And the subsequent cross-checking by Vrana. Yeah, well, and then, you know, Ovechkin and, and uh, Laviolette and whoever else is, Oshi, right? Their statements on it. Just crap. Just absolute crap. Yeah. I get that's, like, a weird place to be in, but I feel like, you know, the the middle place between not wanting to, you know, be like, yeah, yeah, my teammate messed up so bad it wasn't that so awful that was so bad because you don't want to like get in trouble with him or like ruin things um it's just not being like yeah it was totally i nothing nothing wrong there i think it mm-hmm. i think it was fine actually like like i get why you wouldn't want to be like oh yeah that sucks wasn't that wasn't that bad wasn't that awful but you know yeah I feel like there's got to be a better way to talk well, about it. I mean, and it's not like we all don't know that Tom Wilson does this, right? The he he was exempt from the, you know, repeat offender whatever penalty cuz the last time he did this was in 2018, but 2018 was barely 2 years ago. <laughs> like you can't you can't and it's not that was the last time he was penalized, right? You, this that's not even you know the last time we were talking about this. I feel like at least once a season, if not twice, three times, 
we're having a conversation about Tom Wilson being dangerous to play against. It's literally just like a mainstay of hockey conversation at this point, which is so sad. If you're having a conversation this frequently about how dangerous a certain player is, Jesus Christ, why is he still playing? Like, that's my question. And it's not like, like, I, I don't like the way that the Bruins play hockey. I don't like it. I think that it's dirty and I don't like playing against them. And it's not just the Bruins that I think that about either. It's other teams as well. Um, But that doesn't mean you can crush a guy's head against the boards, send him to the hospital and then get off scot-free about it, especially if you've been doing this for years. And obviously he was penalized, right? And you see a lot of people going, oh, but that's just, it's just because it's Tom Wilson and he has a reputation and, you know, they'll, you know, they penalize him more because he's Tom Wilson. Why do you, where do you think that came from? Like, where? That's one of the things that I find so immensely frustrating because every time someone's like, Oh, well, they only do that because he's Tom Wilson. Yeah. 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 And they should. Because, yeah. like, I, it's so immensely frustrating when people are like, well, it's because they have a bias against Tom Wilson, as they should, because yeah. this is what he's known for more than yeah. anything else. This is what he has a reputation for. And it's not unfounded. Personally, if I were a referee, if I'm refing a game against the Capitals, yeah, my eye is on Tom Wilson all night. If I'm roughing a game against the Bruins, my eye is on Brad Marchand all night. Because when you have that reputation that you've built for yourself, that's the thing too. These are like decisions that he's made to do these things. Yeah, like he broke Oscar Sundquist's jaw in 2018. I don't remember him being regretful about it. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I don't understand the, the urge to be like, well, this player who has repeatedly done these things for a number of years, you're being so mean to him. What? Baby boy. <laughs> like, Especially people who aren't even Caps fans. Occasionally also people who aren't yeah. even Caps fans doing it. I'm like, okay, listen, if if you're a Caps fan, I at least can be like, okay, well, you know, that mu- that must be a strong parasocial relationship right there. If you're not even a Caps fan? Yeah, like, what are you doing, baby? Seek help. <laughs> you, simply, you simply need to, um, to seek some, some assistance. But um, Honestly. It's, and I mean, obviously I'm a Flyers fan, right? And mm-hmm. the Flyers have that reputation. They're very much not that team anymore. Um, like, they're the opposite of it, and it's a problem. Um, but, like... <laughs> When Matt Niskanen um, broke Brendan Gallagher's jaw during the playoffs, right? He got suspended for that. Would it have been longer if it was a normal season game? Probably. But it was the playoffs, and we all know things work differently in the playoffs, which I think is, I personally think is stupid. And like, But, like, he was penalized for that, right? And it sucks because we missed half of our number one deep hair. But, like, he earned it. He broke a guy's jaw. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like just like Jesper Kakanyemi earned it for boarding Travis Sanheim, um, in the same series. Like it's it's not, you know, the NHL punishing players for 
crap hits and cross checks isn't new. In fact, they don't do it enough. <laughs> I can remember several instances this season of like watching cross checks to the head, either like just behind or during plays happen, like the one on Connect earlier in the season, and then the Marshan cross check very recently on Ty Smith. There there weren't penalties for those in the game or outside of it. And there should have been. Yeah. And like speaking of Jesper Kokinimi, one thing I've kind of been thinking about recently is how a lot of times it feels like players who, you know, have less of a history of it or who have the decency to like pull back and stop play they're the ones who get called for it more consistently way more than players who are really known for it like I was watching um the Canucks game against the Habs the other day and Cook Kanimi boarded Hamannick was it Hamannick yeah Hamannick um and it was one of those things where it looked like he was just going in for like a regular check, but Hamannick turned to play the puck off the boards and so he caught him in the numbers but when I was watching it it definitely looked like he pulled back like he was too close to stop, but he got off of him immediately. Um, and then when, you know, their connects were like piling on him, he was just kind of like, yeah, I messed up. I'm going to take my penalty, like get off of me. Yeah, um, <laughs> but they whistled it down immediately. Yeah. And, you know, comparing that to, you know, Brad Marchand, who is Brad Marchand, you know, <laughs> cross-checking Ty Smith in the head right next to the goalie, right next to a bunch of other players, no call. It's exhausting and puzzling. And I mean, you can, I, I absolutely think that you can group Brad Marchand and Tom Wilson, right? Like Brad Marchand is definitely more of a pest. Like he's more annoying than Wilson is, but I think that you can definitely like put them in the same group of like the things that these men do are bullshit, right? Like yeah. his, Marchand's a dirty player. Like we all know this. This is well established. Like if you search his name on YouTube, all you get is like a compilation, like compilation after compilation of like Brad Marchand getting wrecked. And it's hilarious. And I do watch them when I'm sad, which is my personal problem to work through. Okay. I think it's really funny how we both have like hockey themed videos that we go to when we're sad, but yours is like compilations <laughs> of Brad Marchand getting wrecked. And mine is just like a playlist of the bar down video. <laughs> I mean, no, but I mean, like, right? Like, he does this over and over again. And I, I think that we can all agree, if we're normal, that, like, the licking thing was weird. Like, when he was licking players on the ice during the playoffs a few years ago. Like, imagine if you walked into work. Like, you work at a restaurant, right? Imagine if you – you don't, but, like, generally. Imagine if you walk into your restaurant that you work at and a cook walks up and licks you. That's a lawsuit! Like, imagine if it's a customer. A customer just walks up and licks you. Yeah. I would be suing. Somebody would be getting sued. <laughs> like, you can't. Yeah. You you should be able to go to work without the reasonable, like, with the reasonable expectation that no one is going to come up and lick you in the face. It's disgusting and weird. And he should have gotten penalized for it. Honestly, my personal theory about that was that he was trying to, like, pull a Sean Avery thing where he was like, <laughs> what's something I can do? That technically isn't in the rule book, but is going to fuck with people so bad. Probably, but it's still weird and gross. Oh, absolutely. But just, I mean, that thought process in and of itself is weird as hell. Yeah. You got to have like some issues to be like thinking like that. It's the, it's the younger brother complex. <laughs> no, it is. It's the, it's the third sibling complex. You know, I'm right. But yeah, so there was the Wilson hit, obviously. And then there was just like, 
a million more, like just within the past two weeks. Obviously, you got the Blickfeld hit on McKinnon. He's still out, I think. I don't know if he's played yet. Again, I don't follow the abs. Do you know? I do not. Um, Last I heard, he was out. I imagine I'll get a notification when he's back in. Yeah, I feel like I heard something about him being back soon, practicing, something like that. But I could be wrong. I um, Abs are kind of struggling right now. I just I heard about uh, the coach saying that, like, Makar might be back soon. He's not asking the trainers. He's not rushing it. But that's not what we're talking about. I just thought that was hilarious. I was like, bro, that's your, like, star defenseman. Don't you want to know when he's going to be back? <laughs> no, but, like, um, and that, and there was a suspension there, and it was absolutely deserved, right? I've never heard Blickfeld's name before um, in this context. So I'm I'm not concerned the way that I am about, like, Tom Wilson or Brad Marchand's play. But it's it's a hit to the head. You can't do that. There needs to be immediate and severe consequences. Um, and then Curtis Lazar's absolute bullshit hit on Scott Lawton the other day. Can you call it a hit? <laughs> it, he, like, got his, his it, on purpose. Like, this yeah. was purposeful. It was right off the face-off. You don't do this unless you mean to right off the face-off when nothing is happening, right? Oh, yeah. No, I was I was watching it. I meant more like, I wouldn't call that a hit. I don't it, know what I would call it. I don't know, Not yeah, hit, I don't know what to call it. It was a, it was a wrestling move. <laughs> it, it, no, it really was. He gets his stick caught up in Lawton's skates, flips him completely around so that he goes head first into the ice. Thank God he's okay. Because that could have been very bad, right? And yeah. I haven't heard, you know, sight nor sound of a suspension. There was no penalty on the play. W- what? That was what? the part where I think that was the game that I was watching um, right before my mom called to talk about grad school stuff. And I think that was, like, the last thing that I saw. Yeah. And I remember just being like, well, Jesus Christ, I hope he doesn't have to go to the hospital. I was fully expecting, like, a neck brace moment. No, me too. Um, I wasn't watching the Flyers game because I watched the Leafs um, when games overlap, which they so often freaking do this season. <laughs> um, the NHL said no varying start times, only 7 p.m. EST. Uh, it's just like it wasn't an accident. You can't look at that play and say, oh, that was an accident. He didn't mean to do that. Like I've seen some genuinely weird freak accidents happen in this sport, right? right. You know, but. But that wasn't one of them, and you have to call that. You simply have to. You don't have a choice, right? Mm-hmm. You have to stop play immediately. This is on the NHL, right? To provide better refing, to ensure that there is better refing, to have a more consistent, um, stricter rule book when it comes to dangerous plays, especially when there's head injuries or neck injuries involved. But my God. <laughs> Yeah. And the thing that's always puzzling to me is that, so like for say minor hockey, I've hung out with some null refs before and they are fully like, yeah, sometimes you miss things, especially if it's not in the middle of play. And sometimes even if it is, and you know, we try and do what we can about it, but to a certain degree, uh, there's only like three of us, we can't see everything. And that I get, but for the NHL where, you know, not only should your refs be the highest caliber but also where you have so much technology and you have your like little review room there's no reason why a player should get flipped onto his head at center ice and nobody calls anything and they're just like oops well what what are we to do the puck was all the way down the ice before they blew the play dead because he wasn't getting up (laughs) yeah 
I don't know. I guess my personal apparent hot take is that if it looks like something where someone could need a, a neck brace, an MRI, yeah, anything like that, blow the play dead. I don't care if it's behind, which honestly it wasn't even really because it was off the face off dot. It's just so... I don't even care if, it's, if there wasn't a penalty, right? Like you, we've had, you know, this discussion has been had before. Like, I think if a player loses their helmet, the play should be blown dead. Mm -hmm. that's dangerous right if a player is down and not getting up you don't just let the play go on you blow the play dead something that really needs to be looked at more something that maybe needs to be brought up in the next bargaining session or whatever is penalties specifically regarding any type of losing your gear anything that looks like it could be anything at all because even when a player's glove comes off I get really nervous uh I was doing a research piece recently and I was looking up the um I believe it was Adam McQuaid when his neck got cut. Yeah. Oof. Like and that did, he kept playing. Yep. It was so like I just I really think that there needs to be a better look at all different types of penalties, all types of levels of danger and then also assessing how can we handle it better? How can we catch it better? Is it making better use of the cameras? Is it you know, what can we do? Because clearly there's something that isn't working and it has been working for a little while and it's resulting in injury and it's resulting in certain things just not being called even when it's so clearly dangerous. First of all, we have to establish that the Department of Player Safety is a freaking joke. DOPS is a joke, right? Yeah. George Paros was Tom Wilson the first. He was Tom Wilson before we, we, had, we had Tom Wilson. Right? Why? Why are old NHL enforcers running the Department of Player Safety? You know who I want to run the Department of Player Safety? A fucking doctor. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I would like, like I would like some somebody in sports medicine. I would like a fucking neurologist. Somebody, <laughs> a dentist, please. I like. I understand wanting it to be run by a player. Because they can, you know, fully understand like the bodily impact of receiving something like that. But also, I would like someone who understands kind of the long lasting impact. Or, you know, maybe we have, you know, co chairs and one person is a player and the other person is some kind of doctor or medical professional, something. If you're going to have a player on the board, I mean, I think like a guy like Dan Carcio would be wonderful to have on the DOPS, right? Super outspoken yeah. about like head injuries, um, things like that. Obviously he's been through a struggle and he's, you know, continuing to go through things that are completely different <laughs> from what we're talking about right now with the law, with the CHL lawsuit and everything. But also who are the guys on the receiving end more often than not of, of terrible hits like that, right? Nathan McKinnon, Sidney Crosby, Matthews, Marner, McDavid, Right? Like the star player guys who who are too good. <laughs> not not the guys giving the hits, right? You're you're not putting Milan Lucic or uh or Matt Martin on the Department of Player Safety. <laughs> like <laughs> thing that's always kind of puzzled me cuz I'm like, okay, why why is it the guy like why are why is it people who have done that sort of thing and have been like, yeah, this makes sense? being the person to judge how messed up it is. Yeah. Because and obviously I, they've previously been able to justify it. So why would it not be someone who's 
been more likely to receive that kind of thing. Or even somebody who has not either targeted or been targeted to that extent in either way. Yeah. I have the player safety Twitter up right now, and we missed um, Alex Ovechkin spearing um, Trent Frederick. Oh, I saw a clip of that, and I honestly thought it was older, but, like, yeah. I no, it was literally like the game before the Wilson hit. I saw some ice cold takes about that one that were like, oh, he's, you know, he was up in, you know, their faces all game and running his mouth and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you're playing the Bruins. <laughs> oh my God, a Boston Bruin is being annoying and up in your face? Holy shit, how revolutionary. Alex Ovechkin is still a grown man who has been playing hockey for how long and should know by now that you can't spear a player in the nuts with your stick. Like. Well, also, somebody, I feel like we've also had a conversation about Alex Ovechkin doing that type of thing more yeah. than a couple of times. Yeah. And I mean, first of all, 5K for that is is simply not enough. Um it simply is not enough. Um, I, I think that every every single type of fine should be relative to your income anyway, right? Because oh, yeah. if, if I got a parking ticket for, I don't know, let's make it astronomical for 200 bucks, um, that ruins my month. Perhaps my next two or three months. Perhaps my year. And what does it do to an NHLer? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> they just pay it and then they park there again the next time right or what does it do to a celebrity absolutely nothing right what does it do to a lawyer or or a politician nothing <laughs> like um right so what is what does 5k do to a guy that makes however many million dollars a year absolutely nothing you know i think that everyone knows that like spearing a player like that is not the move right i think that's mostly known but like come on you know, so blatant too. Yeah, that was he, what really got to me. Yeah, he simply didn't care. He knew there would be consequences, and he simply did not care. He was annoyed, and he was going to do something about it. It's just yeah. as I mean, it's like more irritating to me than like watching players snap two, three, four sticks over the boards or their knee or in the locker on the hallway in the locker in the hallway on the way to the locker room. Right, mm-hmm. your child throwing a temper tantrum. <laughs> like, stop. Yeah, I'd much rather you break some expensive equipment than part of somebody's body potentially. Yeah. I mean, and there were more. It's like it's like with the uh, the Blickfield hit and the Wilson hit, like started it, right? Because then after mm-hmm. that, you had the Lazar wrestling match with Lawton, which wasn't even a wrestling match, which is terrible. Brett um, Brett Pesci with the slew foot on Fabry, just blatant, just yeah. again. Just a man that got mad and threw a temper tantrum. Like, I'm sorry, I didn't know that we were in my preschool classroom full of four-year-olds. And then you um, also had, like, Fabro's elbow. Uh, Yamamoto did something, like, I can't remember if it was a trip or a slew foot. He, it was tripping, yeah. And he mm-hmm. got fined. He got, like, really fined. Um, oh, no. I thought there was an extra comma, but no. It was just, like, 3.8 grand for a dangerous trip. Um, Dante Fabro's elbow was bad. It was really bad. I watched, we had like a whole list of like hits to go through because there have been so many lately. Um, and I watched, uh, oh, oh, literally like just shivering right now. It was terrible. 
And like, I've never heard Dante Fraber's name in this context. So two games. Okay. Could it maybe have been more? Probably. Should it maybe have been more? Yeah, probably. But again, you know, if that's Tom Wilson, I'm like, all right, get him out for the season. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I just think that the the TLDR of this conversation is that the Department of Player Safety as an honest-to-God joke, and players know it, right? And if you get away with murder once, you get away with murder twice, you get away with murder four times, you're going to keep doing it. Serial killer comparison, I think it's very apt. Yeah, well, I mean... Knowing what we know about, you know, concussions and head injuries and how they impact players' lives, however far along down the road, like, you can't, you can't be doing this shit. You can't, you can't allow it. You can't do it. You can't allow it. Um, Not even a little bit. Like, I'm sorry if it inconveniences your precious little millionaires, but you can't, you just can't, you know? One of the things that I still have trouble wrapping my head around is that, like, they know how bad it can mess somebody up. I and mean, we have pieces coming out from players who are still playing talking about how banged up they feel and the medications they have to take to keep going and how that messes up their bodies even further. And then you add these really dangerous hits on top of that. And I just have such a hard time processing, you know, how you kind of, you know, do that and do that repeatedly and purposefully to people who are in some way basically a co-worker and that you see around. Yeah. Speaking of danger. <laughs> <laughs> do we want to talk about the COVID stuff now? Uh, yeah. I mean, happy covid anniversary, I guess. Oh, yeah. Ugh, disgusting. This has been a terrible year. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm oh, laughing because yeah. I'm, like, depressed. Um, Yeah, obviously, we've all been, you know, living in a pandemic for a, a year now. Um, mm-hmm. Half a million people are dead. <laughs> Do we want to talk about kind of our experience when COVID really hit and then get into the hockey of it all? Yeah, yeah. Go okay. ahead. Talk about your COVID anniversary. Yes. So it's actually today, today being <laughs> March 11th. Um, it's also sports related, which I think is uh, kind of yeah, so is mine. <laughs> funny in an ironic way. Because so I had obviously like heard a few like rumblings about things maybe happening, but I honestly hadn't really been paying attention because I had been dealing with a fairly traumatic situation with a team I used to work with. And also I was in the middle of of my semester. I just remember it was obviously March 11th and I went out for breakfast with um, my best friend at the time. And then I went to the Conference USA Basketball Tournament to mm-hmm. work the event because mm-hmm. it was technically my spring break, but I was doing a sports media class and our professor had um, set that up for us where we had press passes. Yeah. And they had already put some restrictions on the event. So like they were only allowing uh, some players, families, the players and staff, uh, plus anybody with a press badge. And it was first of all, so, so weird to be in the star, which if you haven't been there before, 
it's one of the Dallas Cowboys facilities. It's so huge. And I'd only just been there a couple weeks before for a boxing match where everything was so filled up and loud. And then we got there and it was basically empty. And I remember we were talking to uh, the VP of communications or whatever his title is. My bad, I forgot. It's been a year. Um, but he was, <laughs> I don't remember if it was a VP or a director, or if it was communications, it was something like that. It was the guy who does the communication stuff. Yeah. Um, and we were standing on an empty basketball court and he was talking to me and my classmates. And then he gets a series of texts on his phone, says, Hey, I got to go and takes off running. Oh God. And we were all just kind of like, okay. <laughs> all right, I don't know what's going on, but cool. Um, And we kind of went about the rest of our day. You know, our professor was there who worked for the Cowboys. So he was taking us around. We were watching some games, taking notes, whatever. And then as we left, I think it was 5 or 6 p.m., I was walking out with a couple of my classmates. We're just going back to our cars. And then I think it was Elma just kind of, stops in the middle of the sidewalk and she goes oh my god they just closed down the tournament I mean we're like what because we'd literally just left and she's like yeah they're closing it down they aren't they aren't having it anymore um and then it was over the next day or two that we started getting all the state of emergency orders from the city and county and state but yeah standing right outside of the star in the middle of Frisco was kind of where it really hit. Yeah, my co-adversary is tomorrow, um, which also happens to be my birthday. Happy birthday, um, Taylor Swift year. Yeah, it is my Taylor Swift year. <laughs> um, no, I was at, I, I'm a teacher um, and I, I used to do it consistently. And now that there's a pandemic, I don't. So I was at work. I was with my kids, you know, and we I used to I used to have a terrible shift. I used to work from 8, 8.15 to 1, and then I would come back at 2.45 and work till 6. Um, so I closed the building, and it was fine, and it was fun, and I liked closing the building, actually. That part wasn't so bad. It's just a long-ass day. Obviously, it's it's the 12th, and, like, things are, like, starting to shut down, and it's you're, st- you're getting, like, notifications, like, oh, I wonder what we'll do, blah, 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 blah. My boss has called this emergency meeting, and I was like, I just want to go home. It's my birthday. My family is getting me sushi, please. Then it was, you know, 6 p.m., <laughs> and I wanted to be in my bed. So we stay for this emergency meeting and my coworker, it was my 21st birthday. So my coworker got me this huge bottle of Svedka, strawberry lemonade, my favorite, and gave it to me in front of everyone. And it was really funny. But then we're talking about this like global pandemic and it didn't seem real. And I was like, okay, whatever, this probably won't happen. And then I get home and I have my sushi and like my cake or whatever. And then I was like, all right, time to watch the hockey game. And then right as soon as I thought that, literally, I got the notification that the NHL was shutting down. And I just had to like, I like, I remember like sitting in my bed, like watching the notifications come through on my phone, just like over and over, like this game has been postponed. This game has been postponed, like over and over and over. Because I I have notifications on for like 10 teams, right? Because you just follow the league a lot easier that way. And I, oh. I just really crying. It was my birthday. It was like in my bed. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> Here we are, and it's been a year. Yeah. So since this is a player safety episode, obviously we're going to talk about the NHL and COVID. Obviously. Uh, start at the bubble. Obviously it was good that they paused the season when they did, even though it was very sad for me personally. Um, yeah. Okay. Can I start this off real quick? I still think it's absolutely insane that 
Dylan Strom and his partner found out they were having a baby like the day that he left to go to the bubble. I can't imagine. That that sucks. Yeah, I just, can Uh, you imagine being like, hey, hey, guess what? We're pregnant. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Yeah. That just absolutely sucks. And I I mean, oh same vein God. with like Travis Connecting and Carly Gerard, you know, announcing that they're pregnant and um him having to quarantine. <laughs> like, oh awful. And and Claude and Ryan Giroux too, right? Yeah, so the bubble. So obviously that it it didn't it simply didn't work. Um mm-hmm. like it, it kept COVID out pretty successfully, I would say. But it it was bad. <laughs> they were miserable. <laughs> yeah, I think especially because they had to stay in the hotels. Like there wasn't really even, hey, let's go outside for a walk. It was just your well, they had, like, a place. They call it the prison yard. <laughs> Did you see that? I think so. But I yeah. mean, like, you can't just like go for a walk, especially because no. I think they were talking about how at least one of the places there was like a tunnel to yeah. um the arena. And so you would be inside and then be walking underground and like you just wouldn't see daylight and it just felt so depressing, which, yeah, it sounds really depressing. And it's not like you can do much inside the hotel either, right? Um, right. The Flyers had their little uh, who can drown the slowest contest after they <laughs> lost, uh, or is it game two or game three against the Habs? Oh my God, I'd forgotten about that. I, I can never forget about that. It lives in my head absolutely rent-free. You know what I can never forget about? What? That one tweet where the guy found, like, an empty box of condoms on the ground and was like, someone's having a very different COVID experience to me or, like, a <laughs> bubble experience, whatever. <laughs> I was just like, what is going on there? And that no, you, get, no. you get to the point where you're like, hmm box of condoms let's tweet about it no yeah and then people were like um who's sneaking girls into the bubble and then everyone else who was like gay was like gay people exist bro oh my god so i'm like it's funny and dumb but like obviously you know it was terrible for their mental health they didn't see their families some of them for what months three four months for the stanley cup finalists the nhl absolutely botched that whole thing where they told the cup finalists their families would get to be brought in and then they weren't and it's like some of them were and then some of them weren't and it was just terribly organized in that regard and now we're here yeah one of the other things about like the bubble era that wasn't actually in the bubble mm-hmm. were like the watch parties that some teams had yeah that was cute i actually went to one because i had an assignment because when it was when dallas was still in the playoffs and i was doing a viscom class and my professor was like in the playoffs the whole time (laughs) well it was like getting towards the end i don't remember who they were playing against i think it was tampa i think it was final (laughs) yeah it must have been the finals this was a long time ago okay and it was also like two weeks before my dad's funeral i don't remember it that well um (laughs) but uh yeah i ended up going and it was such a weird surreal experience Mm-hmm. Um, and especially because my literal assignment was to capture how weird and surreal it was because I've been to the American Airlines Center like kind of a lot of times over the yeah. past few years, um, both in the audience and, you know, once up in the press box, seeing it with no ice and also no basketball floor. Uh, they had 
the barriers up, but none of the glass. They had the ushers kind of like walking around what would have been the rink to make sure that people had their masks on and whatnot, which uh, effective in some ways, not effective in others. Because um, the people behind me actually got kicked out because they wouldn't keep their masks on. Uh, but when I went to the concourse to like go find a place to charge my battery again, no. a guy was vaping and he vaped directly into my face. Oh. Yeah. Good. Which was <laughs> – he like went out of his way to do it too. And so it was, it was just so, so weird. And I know that they've since brought fans in for the live games. Um, I think they're mostly up in the nosebleeds and the boxes. It's kind of sad, but I'm honestly kind of at the point where I'm like, at least they aren't doing what the Rangers are doing. Because the Rangers are going back to full capacity, which I get baseball outdoors or whatever, but I don't care. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, if we're going to unpack the NHL's COVID situation right now, I think that we can say as a baseline that they should not be opening the stadiums to fans in any way, shape, or form. 10%, 30%, full, uh, my God, 100% capacity. Like, it, it simply should not be happening. Um, I got the notification for the Devils and they were opening up their stadium. And I was like, y'all just had half the team on the COVID list. Are you nuts? Like, are you insane? <laughs> oh, and the Penguins, like, photoshopping masks onto people. When the original photos are floating around out there, oh my god. What a train wreck. That whole situation is a mess. Um, Like, there's a reason that the Canadian division has been so solid, and I think definitely it has something to do with how Canada has dealt with, as a country, the pandemic versus how the U.S. has dealt with the pandemic as a country. But also because they're not letting their fans in. They're not being stupid. I also think it's absolutely laughable that, like, the Capitals, when they got fined for being in the hotel room, whatever, had a really gracious apology, which, hilarious contrast, where they really, like, copped to it and and were like, you know, we were doing this thing that we weren't supposed to and we're sorry and people got COVID because of it, et cetera, et cetera. But also, like, they were just hanging out in their hotel rooms. Those guys are on the ice with each other with no masks being absolutely disgusting for three hours every night right and and every day for practice like that just seems ridiculous to me i saw a couple people wondering if maybe that there was like something else going on but i also think that it's totally possible that it's just kind of a form of security theater so they can look like they're being very strict about it no, I mean, it's the same that they, they do with, you know, everything political, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to commit to policies or safety or, you know, anti-discrimination policies if you just make everything look pretty. And it's a marketing tactic and it's crap, obviously. Yeah. I don't think that the NHL... Uh, no, let me say this a different way. The NHL was never not going to come back, you know? Right. Like they were always going to play. Always. They they need the money. Gary Bettman and, and the team owners are all, you know, incredibly money hungry. And so they were always gonna come back. Um I think it was just always a question of how. Uh and and this has not been the best job <laughs> of it. Yeah. 
I don't know how many opinions you have on this, but I've been watching all season and I have quite a few. I mean, I think I have a couple. I think one is that I don't think there was ever going to be a best or perfect way to come back. Because I know like the NWHL tried to do a bubble, but also because their players also have extra jobs, you know, there wasn't necessarily the chance to quarantine as strictly as maybe would have been uh, wanted. Oh, yeah, that's a completely different situation. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that it would have been really fun if they could have done all outdoor games, even though it's incredibly impractical. impractical. <laughs> the NHL discovers uh, the sun. <laughs> a yeah, <song>. yeah. Because, <laughs> like, I, I just think it would have been super fun. I think it would have been neat. I also know that, like, weather exists. But I yeah. do think it would have been fun um, to that just do all outdoor games until things have gotten to a point where they've really kind of gotten them nailed down. Maybe people get vaccinated. I don't know. And they're able to, you know, play inside. Yeah, I think that's another thing, you know, like hockey doesn't exist in a bubble. Haha, ha, I'm hilarious. But it, it really <laughs> doesn't. I, yeah, haha, ha, we're laughing. Right. So as soon as like. Not as soon as, because it's not a quick process. But as people start getting more and more vaccinated, like I've got my second dose in, um, not this weekend, but next weekend, um, things will get safer for everyone, including, you know, the hockey players in the NHL. I just think it's absolutely wild that they were like, yeah, we're just going to go back to playing and there's going to be this weird, arbitrary set of rules and you guys can't go anywhere. Ha! <laughs> like, <laughs> I think I said this to you Um like, I don't know why they're they're doing so much travel. Why can't we just play, like, as a Flyers fan, like, why can't we just play the eight, the eight games against the Pens and then the eight games against the Rangers and then the eight games against the Sabres, right? Like, why does there need to be this much travel in between teams? Because Jersey had a case and then they played when they played in Buffalo and then they came down and played, who was it, the Caps or the Flyers? And that's how you spread COVID faster. But if Jersey had had a case and they were just playing Buffalo for the next six games... The exposure then is limited to two teams. You know what I'm saying? I totally get that. I also kind of, you know, see at least a few reasons why they wouldn't have done that. One would just be like variety so that it isn't um, both between who's playing and also so it doesn't feel like it's just playoffs and doesn't give anything really time to fester. Another is that a lot of places play in the same venues as other sports teams. And so there might not necessarily be time to do that and it could conflict with other schedules you know like I know the stars play in the same venue as the Mavericks and so it takes a lot of time to you know switch things out and they have to coordinate their schedules so it might not be possible you know to do that plus with like the network tv deals and everything like that like I just I think that there is a lot of logistical reasons that that wouldn't have necessarily been feasible yeah I don't know and then there was like I think someone floated the idea of like kind of having a bubble where there was like a hub city I don't know like it's obviously easier to do that in Canada um, where you've got dedicated ice rinks than it is in um, America where you know hockey is definitely the least popular of the big four speaking of marketing and network deals just for like two seconds um I don't know if you've seen this but the NHL just signed a massive deal with ESPN yeah um, and then they they expanded it to the playoffs and the salary cap is going to be flat for the next four years and i would just like to say gary batman those are lovely clown shoes you have on sir 
Would you mind sharing a link as to where you got them? You just have to laugh. But you don't cry. Yeah. You really... I. I've been saying this for years, but the way that you grow the game is, one, do things like make massive deals with ESPN, which is the most popular sports network in, you know, the country. Um, And you invest in your players. (laughs) I don't watch hockey because I give two shits about the NHL. I watch hockey because I like the teams and I like the players. You invest in them. You use their narratives to make the sport bigger. Use their narratives to connect to new fans, to bring in, you know, more diverse kids from more diverse backgrounds who want to play. Like Wayne Simmons, for example, has been a great ambassador for the sport. Yeah. Uh, I just, it's, it's it's just a clown move to not expand the salary cap after making a multi, what, billion dollar deal with ESPN. Yeah. Where is the money going, Gary? Like we all know. But where is it going, Gary? I want you to say it with your your funky little clown shoes on. It'll be interesting to see what ESPN does with that deal and what they do with NHL broadcasts. I want to know who they're going to hire. Yeah. If I have to see sight nor sound of Mike Babcock anywhere near any of my team's broadcasts, like, have bail money ready. I'm hoping to God that his deal was network exclusive and also that he will be too busy yelling at teenagers i hate him so much i really do i was doing a um discussion board post for class and (laughs) for one of my other classes i'm doing a research project about local government and Mm -hmm. um like covid communication um which is hopefully going to be published soon which is really crazy um, but I had to write a lit review for that and it was like 2000 words and it took me literally a month. It was such a slog. And then I sat down and in about two hours wrote about 1500 analyzing the public relations aspect of Mike Babcock's last like year and a half. Ugh. Like you hate to see it, but also thank you, Mike, for the content. I hate him. I really do. I, I really can't stand him. Um, I just got a notification. Speaking of COVID, President Biden (laughs) will direct states to make all adults in the U.S. eligible for COVID-19 vaccine by May 1st in his address tonight. So that's very exciting. Please, I want one. I'm supposed to possibly fly out of state in the next couple months. So yeah, literally nothing is better than like, like the security I felt getting it the first dose and then like signing up for my second one. Ugh. here's a fun story. When Texas had its massive snowstorm, I'm sure I've told you this, but I'm going to tell the story anyways. Uh, when Texas had its massive snowstorm and like the power was out for days, and, yeah. um, you were like all stuck inside. And I was uh, actually on my own because my roommate had gone home for the weekend because it was Valentine's Day and she was spending time with her boyfriend. Um, my mom was calling me like two or three times a day just to be like, hey, are you warm? are you okay? Do you have food? Except for one time. Because one time she called me and I picked up the phone and I said, hey, are you are you okay? And she goes, are you thinking of getting vaccinated? <laughs> and I already, I was gearing up for a fight because um, my mom has been um, anti-vax light for basically my entire life. Like, big same. She vaccinated me, but on a very delayed schedule. Yeah. And so, yeah, she goes, are you thinking of getting the vaccine? And I was like, yes. 
Yeah, I am. Like I, I currently work in what's technically like a, a public health organization um, that does hospital visits. I don't necessarily go on the hospital visits, but like some of my colleagues do. Um, and I would also like, you know, you said that sense of security. Um, yeah, I'm going to get a vaccine when I'm eligible for it. And she was like, well, but what if, what if you die? <laughs> if I die, I die. <laughs> like- I, I was like, <laughs> what? And she was like, some people get it and they die. And I was like, people just die sometimes regardless, yeah. first of all. Second of all, I feel like I'm going to have a better shot with the vaccine than with COVID since I have, like, autoimmune disease. Yeah. But yeah, she was like, what if it destroys your DNA? What? Because, like, that's one of the things, because it's like a, what, mRNA vaccine or whatever? That's not what mRNA is. I, well, <laughs> you know that. And I know that. Take one science class. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, I took bio when I was a sophomore in college at my local community college. And I know more than God. Anyway. Yeah, I just yeah. thought that was really funny. <laughs> no, that's really funny. I had to sneak out of the house to get vaccinated. So, oh my God. I will be doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to tell my mom when I yeah. do it. Hopefully, I will be able to do it soon because, again, I may or may not be flying out of state. Don't cancel me. I've got to find a place to live for when I go to school. And yeah. it's a, like a 26 hour drive. So, Jesus Christ. It's a long way. Yeah. Is if that's all we have for COVID, sorry for the depressing episode, kind of. If we want to um, make it less depressing, we could do a little episode of nice bio, you clown. Hell yeah, let's get going. I think I mentioned last time, and if any of y'all were on Tinder, you know, Tinder Passport was free. And so obviously I took the opportunity to go swipe around in uh, Canada and also a little bit Germany, but mostly Canada. So one that I think about all the time. Uh, his name is Jag with two G's. Okay. First of all. And his bio says, if drinking margaritas and liking Katy Perry is gay, who wants to be straight? Mood. Who wants to be straight anyway? That is completely valid. I think it was also him. He had a picture with like him and two of his friends and they were posed on the stairs of their house like sorority girls they were all wearing different colors of virginity rocks t-shirts no (laughs) (laughs) like it looked like it was like bid day or whatever for a virginity rocks sorority it lives rent free in my head that's awful here's another one that i just like because uh this guy's name is joseph it's not spelled that way um oh but his bio says, tatted, needle emoji. Yes, I know I spelled my name wrong. Mind your business. Mind your business? <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? And then he just what finishes up. on purpose? <laughs> I, I don't think you can change your name. I don't know. I've never tried. But I'm assuming he just didn't proofread his name. And then it got stuck. And he didn't want to make another one. Oh, my God. I am having such a good time. Oh, my God. I have to talk about this guy. Uh, He inspired my, like, private account bios for so long. Um, So 
he looks like an e-boy he's got some kind of like snapchat filter that just has like a crown that says please be nice to me as his first photo and his oh, bio no. says live laugh nut yeah no fair <laughs> yeah, that's a good one i had that as my like personal twitter bio for literally months that's not surprising that's very you i just i couldn't get it out of my head and also it just like became a running thing with some of my friends that oh, yeah I have literally so many of these like this guy named Jack um this is something I've seen done before but this was the first time that I saw it and I thought it was funny it's so cringe when people put their height in their bios makes me sick to my stomach (laughs) also unrelated I forgot about this unrelated part okay his name says Jack but then under his occupation it says my name's Connor what yeah what i i was so caught up in the six to my stomach bit i (laughs) forgot (laughs) i'm oh i don't know if it's one of those things where it's like for some reason one of his friends gave him his account which i've seen before or if he's like me and he changed his name i don't know what's going on there also it's connor with one in which personally i feel should be illegal yeah no that's got bad vibes I don't like it. Um, yeah, so the 6-2 thing is, like, I would, like, what is it, swipe right? I would approve of that. But then the, I, like, so what is the truth? That would literally be my first message to that man. This is literally, like, what the fuck is your name, dude? <laughs> oh, my God. I just, I have so many questions. Do I have any more of these that are fu- I have a lot of these that are funny, but I just don't know how many I want to do. I should probably save some of these. Yeah, savor it. We can do, uh, we can add to our playlist. Yeah, for sure. What's your song this week? I say because I'm stalling. Yeah, I'm also stalling. Um, <laughs> it's really freakishly nice this week. And my song for when it's nice is uh, Electric Love I by that. Borns. I don't know how to say that. <laughs> um, yeah, Electric Love. There you go. If you listen to Electric Love on, like, like a, a day where it's in the 60s or the 70s in, like, mid-March and you go outside um, and you just, like, stand in the sun, I imagine that's what, like, like doing drugs feels like. <laughs> I don't know. You know? Valid, I've never done drugs. Or, um, like... I've yeah, barely me- gotten, like, tipsy. I, I That's what I imagine, like, like, doing Adderall if you don't have ADHD feels like. I do have energy, so I would love to have some Adderall. I would love to function, but, like, that's what I imagine it's like, you know? That's such a mood. I love that. I think (laughs) my song for this week has got to be Chicago by Sufjan Stevens. Oh. Just because that really, like, it just, I don't know how to describe it. I think it's because... A lot of it is about like moving to this new place that you've built up in your mind. And that's yeah. very much how I feel about looking for apartments in Boston. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially because like when I'm like driving around and I'm like going to the grocery store and I it's on in the car, I'm like, wow, I cannot wait. And then I get home and I'm, you know, looking on whatever mm-hmm. Boston apartments website and I'm like, oh God. Yeah. I'm actually going to do this, probably. Yeah, that's a mood. 
Except not really. Thanks, Jace. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, would Jace let me move in and just commute to Boston? (laughs) You're going to drive five hours every single day. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. Just two tanks of gas a day. Oh, yeah. Honestly, it still might be less than the rent I'd be paying. Jesus Christ. Seriously. Because, like, my... My car doesn't take that much gas, but uh, rent in Boston. Yeah, not not a good situation. (laughs) But yeah, I also still just can't get over that like we met when we were going into university and now we're going into grad school. Yeah, I was just talking about this and on um, Tumblr because I've been on that site for like five years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was You've only been on there for five years yeah I know I'm a baby I had a really sheltered childhood I wasn't really allowed to do anything um my parents well, still don't know I have it like I, I just <laughs> about everything like even if it's not important oh my god uh, I made one when I was like younger and my parent, my parents gave me permission because I was just like oh I just want to like use it as a place to essentially like I think I was using it as a place to like post whatever like little things that I was writing and then they just decided one day that I couldn't have it anymore and I was like okay and then a couple years later I made one again and I just didn't say anything about it yeah (laughs) Um, no but I was talking about in the tags of a post I was like talking about this because I was like oh my god like you guys have been with me like some of my mutuals have been with me the entire time my blog has existed and they're gonna you know I've graduated college. I'm going into grad school. I'm finally like moving out of my house, you know? So it's just kind of wild. Yeah. Um, the yeah. passage of time. It's terrifying and it's why I'm uh, in therapy. Yeah. <laughs> I know my therapist <laughs> listen to me talk about this all the time. But um, that's it for this one because I got to go watch the Leafs. Yeah. We hope that this podcast has helped you pass some time for some reason or another that was something you wanted to do um thanks for listening follow us on twitter and instagram shameless happy covid birthdays birthdays and happy birthday to you everyone goes happy birthday um get vaccinated we love you peace out bye